0: DJ PK, it's time to welcome in David Locke, brought to you by the Murdoch Chevrolet and Murdoch Hyundai. Brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Group. Murdoch Chevy and Murdoch Hyundai. David Locke, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. NBA basketball is back. You know that. Do you know anything else? Any of the uh, bosses let you know how this is all going to progress, proceed? Any details you can fill in?
1: Well, I think we have, like, when training camp's opening and all those kind of things. Do do you guys have that? Is that, like, is that... um, Yeah, I think that's... Kind of public knowledge. So, um, I don't think I have anything more that's public knowledge, if that's what you're asking. I don't think I have anything really special for you today. But, you know, I think players are... I think players have started coming back. I've noticed that a few more guys are in town than um, used to be. Um, So, I think we'll see over the next 25 days... Um, you know, them all coming in at different rates, right? So I think there's something about overseas coming into town and then into the town of the team you're playing and then training camp opens in twenty five days and about a week worth of work before they go to Orlando, then twenty one day or twenty some odd days in Orlando, twenty four I think it is, and the season starts. We'll see see how it plays out. Should be should be interesting. Um, you know, I think we're in a age we've gotta try to figure out what you can uh, you know, we'll find out what works and what doesn't.
2: I'm excited. How about you? Yeah, I really am. I
1: mean, I think um, you know, I think it's a different, um, it's a different thing than we've ever expected. But everything's different, so let's let's see what happens. And it will just be nice to, I think, get into a regular flow and, and have games. And and we're gonna have a lot of games, right? So they're trying. I think they said that you're playing eight games. You're likely playing one back to back, and otherwise you're playing every other day. So um, I think they're trying to get those eight games done in 15 days, is what I heard. Um, so, you know, we'll have good, good, and there's no bad teams there. So you, you've got five or six games a day, probably, I would guess, on two courts and maybe three. Um, and so there's just going to be a lot to choose from, and it, there's going to be a lot of viewing to be done. It's going to be fun.
0: So, what is going to be the, uh, weirdest, most... I mean, we all know this is not normal because of the calendar, but what is going to impact competition the most that is going to be really unusual, abnormal, different?
1: So I would say early, I think... Well, well, overall, I just think no one... Unless you're around these guys all the time, the, the pattern of... their patterns, and they all have patterns to every day. Um, I think that's probably, from a mental health standpoint, what's been most difficult for these guys on this break. And I think that they'll probably, when you start doing our zoom interviews and all that with them, I think that's what we'll start hearing from them is, you know, they're very regimented and they have various systems on how they do everything. And that's not, that hasn't been normal to them. This won't be normal either. Um, You know, I don't know how they're doing shoot arounds. I don't know if there's any restrictions, how they're doing social distancing. I, I don't know a lot of those things, but it won't be normal. Um, so I think the, the players that are able to adapt to that um, are going to be the ones that have success. And I think we'll see some players strangely slump, and it will just be the player who can't find the rhythm to get himself comfortable a little bit. I mean, it even goes back to like Mike Conley talking about how he had always had a 45-minute drive to the arena and listened to the same playlist every day for a home game for whatever, 11, 12, 13 years, and then all of a sudden he lived six minutes from the arena and barely got through a song. And it just kind of he, he, that was a huge adjustment to him early in the year because he just by the time he got to the arena he wasn't at the same place he used to be and those kind of patterns are none of those are going to be similar so I think that's going to be what's most interesting to watch how these guys deal with that.
2: How about the television? Is it going to be like a summer league or are we going to have the locals? I don't. No, I'm not necessarily concerned. I know you are, obviously, but as far as being there, but I'm talking about what stations are going to be broadcast on. I don't have any official word on any
1: of this, so I probably shouldn't comment. Um, you know, I know there's... The hell? Um, I mean, I'm going to guess that even with national media, there's going to be, you know, some media that's embedded in the campus the whole time. Um, I've got to assume that there's going to be some media that comes in and out. Um, but I don't know how they do that. I would assume those people's access is vastly restricted. Um, and then from a broadcast standpoint, I, I, you know, I, I don't know the answer. Um, you know, the way they do the Olympics is that there's two feeds out of every game. There's the NBC feed that we all, we all get the U S feed. And then, and they even do this out of the all-star game and the NBA finals. And then there's another feed. It's called the international feed, uh, our, Award-winning um, Emmy Award-winning producer and director Travis Henderson, is obviously often the director or producer of this for the NBA, and the international feed goes out, and then every nation in across the world, when you hear you know, late David Stern and Adam Silver talk about the game was broadcast to 65 countries. Well, how is that done? It's one feed that comes out and then each international each country has their own announcers and puts their own graphics appropriate to their language on top of that broadcast so i would suspect that something of that could be done um, and that way you don't have as many people there but you also could have people that are just embedded the whole time so if you're going to have that kind of media so i think it's it's some, somewhere in there and i don't i don't know exactly
0: I assume there have got to be some broadcasts because we've read so much about them hitting the number 70 for the regional sports networks so they get the full payday from those regional sports networks. So I assume that ESPN and TNT aren't taking all 88 of these games. I also assume that they have to be taking a big chunk of them because I've read that these 88 games are worth $300 million.
1: Yeah, I, I, Wode said of several hundred million dollars on SCP shows, so I haven't seen anything that said 300, but he said several, so that makes uh, I don't know if that's somebody just taking that next number. Um, yes, um, or I think we could actually have. Um, I, I again, I don't know, um, but I, I could. I actually would guess that the local viewers' experience is going to be the exact same as normal. I don't think this is going to impact the fans at all. I think they'll have a TV broadcast. They'll have a radio broadcast. Um, they might note some differences in those broadcasts um, depending on what we're doing. I may really try to find something creative to do and do things really differently and see what works and what doesn't kind of on the theme of every conversation I've had with you guys, that we have to find a new normal Um, and to do things the old way is, is I think wrong and archaic at this point. Um, So I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, But I, I think from a fan standpoint, it will be the exact same experience that they've always had. They'll watch on the same channel, they'll watch it with Craig Jack. they'll watch it um and they'll you know, they'll will hear me and Ron and um and so I think that I don't think there'll be any change in their experience. My, so what I'm kind of saying is I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN and TNT had Don exclusive and the local broadcaster you're killing two birds with one stone, know I
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's essentially what I was asking. I'm actually looking forward to that. If you're going to do stuff, you're one of the more creative people I know, so I'd be intrigued on that and see how that plays out and have some fun with it and see if you come up with some ideas and go from there. I'm wondering as we can... you can join me for the third quarter of the broadcast on Zoom? Uh, see, that's something you do right off the top of your head, man. Uh, or maybe you've already thought of that. I don't know. But, yeah, not, I mean, obviously okay. you, you've got a million ideas in your head, and you you i think your brain rests maybe 20 minutes a night and that's including sleep uh from, Try. from experiences <laughs> not very good at it <laughs> no <laughs> trying meditation and yoga it's been helpful i've had more time to do it Just trying good because <laughs> i know it's uh always on the go there and rattling around i'm wondering how all this stuff you know we have a We'll see how it goes. We have an idea or a blueprint as far as what's going to happen in July and August and all that stuff in September, or August and September, I should say. Uh, how do you think this is going to affect all the stuff that goes on in the off season and then getting ready for the following season? So I actually think
1: our draft stuff will be more prepared with less data. So, in other words, there's less games played um, with our players. But I'm not sure that really – I mean, like, none of the primary – I actually don't know that's true, actually. None of the primary guys were going to play in the tournament, so we didn't really lose anything there. Um, And I – from what I hear, there have been Zoom calls and, you know, meetings been taking place with players – this whole time and there's no reason not to and and i think there's something interesting to that right i think you can learn in this unique world you i think you learn a little bit of like which player does a zoom conference and stays connected which one do you notice is checking his phone the whole time and can't pay attention to you even just in a zoom call which one shows up in his you know you can decide whether what you think of this it depends on your point of view which one shows up like with a button-down shirt and a tie on as though it's a job interview which one shows up and just his t- in a t-shirt and shorts? Um, you know, which one's talking to family members the whole time it's going on and not paying attention to you? Which one is like in a closed room and engaged, understanding the importance? I think you can actually learn a tremendous amount about in on the interview setting, and maybe more so in a Zoom call than you do um, in the old meeting in Chicago at a combine. Um, and then I think there's there's obviously been more time than ever to watch film and video players. And I do think that if Players and agents are comfortable putting players on planes. That you're going to have be able to work players out. I, I and maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but I'm just again I haven't talked to you. I'm just deducing that if we're doing player workouts in the facility right now and we've figured out a protocol to do it and we're not having a problem with it, then can you bring players in now? The only problem, the only snafu there is if you bring I I would assume you start to limit how many players you can bring in you bring in a hundred players you've brought in a hundred players and I don't think you're going to do the you know the three-on-three workouts or the, that you used to have um maybe when I mean, we're playing games so maybe we're going to do that I don't know um and if there's restrictions in one city versus another then that's a competitive imbalance and you have to avoid that so there's a bunch of pieces there but I suspect actually between now and the draft players will come into town to work out <laughs> um Maybe not as publicly as in the past, but I, I would suspect. So uh, I think the draft will be fine. Free agency looks like it's be truncated, but it's going to be a boring free agency. I don't. I'm not really buying December 1st, by the way. Um, I think December 1st was a, is a movable number. Um, and as, as, uh, as I have said the whole time, I suspect it to be December 18th, which is the, the week before Christmas.
0: You buy that in the long run, though, they're not going to want August for the finals, or they're going to want August for the draft and free agency, that that's where it's really going to settle. I've read a couple things about that, and there's just a couple people writing stuff, so it's not like it's set in stone by any means, but I, I did see a certain logic to it.
1: Give me uh, give me more. I did not see this. Who So, who, that, so this can, would basically Tell be me who pl- wrote it so I can go read it.
0: Uh, I think it was ESPN.com. It might have been in Ramona's... Shelburne's article but I don't know I read a lot of them really fast but I I think it was ESPN.com so basically the theory and this is me expanding on a little bit would be playoffs in June and July and free agency and the draft in August so they don't get lost in the NFL that they get a lot of mileage out of that but that means starting the season December 1 after the big Thanksgiving weekend full of football You know, steer clear of that because that's a ton of competition. But then pretty quickly, December 1st, you can get it going. And it it kind of feeds off your point that, yes, Christmas is a big deal, but you don't want to kick off there because the opening's a big deal and Christmas is a big deal. Why combine the two, make them two separate things? So let me just say this. I think there's a value to moving away from the NFL. But I
1: feel like the media has taken that two steps too far in all of their analysis and have proven to be wrong a lot. Remember, there used to be the story that we could not play past Labor Day because of the NFL. Well, we're now playing till October 17th, right? Like, I think there is an ideal that you can avoid that the less competition you have in the NFL is good, but I don't think it's just like avoidance. I mean, frankly, if we ran NBA free agency Monday through like uh, opened it up on a, Tuesday, so the news started breaking on Monday or on a Wednesday, and it was midweek during an NFL week. I still think it would dominate the news. You might lose Saturday and Sunday. You might lose Saturday and Sunday, but I feel you like would dominate the news. So, I mean, sure. I guess you could just try to bend your entire schedule so that you get a week of free agency in, in August um, and not have to pre Labor Day. Sure, um, but I do feel like some of this talk of being so fearful of the NFL, legitimately, I mean, it's huge, um, is overblown, When um, and it has proven to be overblown in how people have reacted to it so far.
2: I would agree with that. I've been saying there's plenty of room at the table for all this stuff in the NFL. Uh, if you're going to have, stuff has its segments, and so, you know, what's going on? And there's potentially big news in a given week in the NFL early in a week, uh, you know, as you say with that Tuesday. But if the NBA uh, is doing stuff that's going to be big, people are going to be paying attention. I, I don't really see that as a big issue.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you want to have like you don't want to have your ABC Saturday Saturday night game going up against college football, and you don't want to have your you know your Sunday NBC or you know midday day of the week game going up against the NFL. Okay, that's legit. Like, that's completely legit. Let's avoid those two scenarios. Um, And, you know, it won't be great to have, I would guess that they're going to, the NBA final schedule might avoid Saturday and Sundays a little bit um, when they're going up against college or depending what happens with college. So I think that, I think you have to be a little, you know, you have to be smart, but I don't think it has to be the overriding policy. But we'll see. I mean, I, mean, I also would tell you, that. I mean, Ramona's really good, so I'm not trying to criticize Ramona, but I also, like, Rojas is really good, and Rojas is the one who came out with the Labor Day stuff that was totally inaccurate. What? <laughs> it happens. You report that much stuff, it happens. And you know what? At some point in time, for somebody, here's the other one I think that's important. Like. When those reporters are talking to people, Ramona talked to three people. Maybe two of those three, that NFL thing is really important to them. Now, by the time they get in the room with thirty, it's they get voted they yeah. get voted or the world changes and it becomes less important because there's three other things that are more important. And so, I think that's the um, um, uh, you know, I think that's um, I think that's worth remembering when you read some of these stories.
0: I think that's a little bit what happened with the date, too. You know, if they had gone with 16 instead of 22 teams, and if they hadn't done those regular season games, then they wouldn't be going until October 12th. You know, that would shorten it up, and they'd be wrapping up in September. And there's a two-week delay here because apparently there's a bunch of foreign players who left and went back home not knowing how long this was going to go. And so they got to be quarantined for 14 days. So even though they're ready to go, they're waiting for a lot of key players for a 14-day quarantine. So the NBA may have had its hand forced a little bit on going into October. Better to go into October than not do this, but ideally they probably would have rather had it done a little earlier. Right, right. All right, David, we appreciate a few minutes. The NBA is on the road back officially, and we will talk to you again next week.
1: Enjoyed it. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Always a pleasure to chat with you on a Friday morning.
0: David Locke, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. You want some college football because college football is on the way? Well, Riley Jensen's going to be here at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.
3: and now attention! the top of the wire what? on 975
0: 1280 the
3: Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
0: NBA board of governors voted 29 to 1 approving a 20 team a 22 team format restarting the 2019-2020 season on July 31 in Orlando, Florida. It's 13 teams from the west, 9 from the east. Teams will start training in Orlando July 9th, 10th and 11th. The regular season will be 16 days. Teams will play eight times and it'll be five to six games per day. And they'll be using multiple courts. It'll be four hours between games to accommodate overtimes, cleanings, and warmups. Major League Baseball players will not take another pay cut and have resoundingly rejected the league's plan to begin the season, according to a statement Thursday from Union Director Tony Clark. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. A clean home is a healthy home. And right now, Zero Res is cleaning carpets for $33 per room. Plus, schedule three rooms and they'll clean your fourth for free. Call Zero Res today. Schedule your cleaning at 801 9376
3: Now, let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Joining us now, Play by Play Voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. David, we're back, baby. It's time to start thinking about work again. But yeah, no, it's good. I, you
1: know, we've got to try it and see what works. You know, we're at a stage now in this new world that we live in where we have to try at least. And it might not work. And it might turn out that there's a major outbreak. And it might turn out that a team, nine of the 15 players, end up with COVID 19. And if that happens, then we got a problem. And if that happens, that happens. Like, that's just the way it works. But I just don't buy this whole world and that's a total failure. Like, no, I mean, we got to try. Like, the failure to me is not trying and not learning anything out of this. The leagues are going to start and we're going to see what works and what doesn't.
3: Hanson Scotty. weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone
0: Sports Network. DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. Just talked the a little NBA with David Locke. We're going to talk a little college football with Riley Jensen coming up at 9 o'clock. As the athletes return to the college campuses, Utah and Utah State. Got to get ready for to break in new starting quarterbacks. And uh, how's it all going to shake out up on the hill? What are they going to do with the Aggies? Maybe a little more clear cut with the Aggies, but we'll talk with Riley about that. PK, mm. it's Friday. Want to let your hair down? My hair's always down, brother. But I like how you just
2: announced that Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback at BYU.
0: You know, it's an interesting situation there. I think he will be. But you're right. There's three different guys who won games. Um, so it could go a different way. But I expect it will be, Zach. Okay. I think that that's more certain than the other two. But More uh, to, certain? To your point, it's not a 100% lock. That's an interesting phrase, more certain. Is there anything that could be more certain? is certain certain? What if you put a number on it? 90% chance he's a starting quarterback? 104. No, come on. You don't think that. That's why you called me out on it. <laughs> you don't think I it's I thought maybe you had news. I didn't call you out. No, I think it'll I think it'll be him. <laughs> call you but out. But they can they can change their mind. I mean, it's it's interesting cuz there ought to be three guys running around down there. who have got a pretty good degree of confidence based on some of the stuff they were able to do last year.
2: I never call you out. I just support you and pull
0: you up. <laughs> okay, whatever. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe that, but move on. One of those three is still not fully healthy, though, so keep an eye on that.
2: Yeah, keep an eye on that, would you? Baylor Steve? Romney.
0: Jeez. Foot. Baylor yeah. Romney. Keep an eye on that, would you? Uh, I don't have to. I've got Yacht to do it. <laughs> there you go. I'll keep an eye oh. on it for you. <laughs> so I've
2: got to bring to you a situation and see how this person should react so husband and wife uh-huh. are having breakfast right And they're gonna have pancakes it's at home and so they got this little pan that they make them in so uh, the husband eats first right and he takes the syrup and it's a it's it's a it's a diet pancakes and it's a diet syrup right so one of the things to do with the syrup She's got to shake the bottle so right? get it going a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he shakes it, puts the uh, syrup on his pancakes, goes and eats. Puts the top on, but he neglects to put the top on, screws it all the way, so it's very loose. So uh 10 minutes later, the wife gets the pancakes, takes the bottle, picks it up, starts to shake. The top flies off because it's not loose. Syrup goes everywhere, Uh including on an exposed area just below her chin, so the top of the chest. And it's all over the floor, the counter, and big streak, like a flash of syrup right on the top of her exposed skin above, just below the neck. So what does the husband do? Does he get up immediately, run to her? Does he... Laugh? Does he chuckle? Does he fall down on the floor rolling over because it's one of the funniest things he's ever seen? Does he beg forgiveness? What exactly does he do in that situation?
0: Are you asking what should he do or, or what did he do? Am I supposed to predict this or am I supposed to be recommending something to him? What should he do? Realistically, he probably laughs. Probably he should apologize. (laughs) I'd be laughing. (laughs) I don't think rolling on the floor is the funniest thing you've ever seen. Well, in the moment, it's the funniest thing. I mean, that's a fluid
2: situation. (laughs) We see this person is covered with syrup on exposed skin. You don't find that humorous? Yeah,
0: that's why I said realistically, probably laugh. What would you do? I, I don't know. In the moment, I would uh, I would probably I would probably giggle and then stifle it very quickly when I realized that was the improper response. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The last time I fell down on the floor laughing, I'm trying to. There aren't that many gutbusters in my life.
2: You don't think this could qualify as a potential? At least bend over. A little bit, slap the knee.
0: No. <laughs> it, it's a huge mess, having not done that exactly, but when you spill stuff that's like got that thick, you know, and it's sugar or whatever No uh, sugar, that's what the whole point. It's a diet.: But there's thing. some sugar substitute or whatever. I assume that it's a big old sticky mess. Like I, I've spilled fruit on the floor. And, you know, make it a fruit salad and fruit juice and big, and then you're tracking around and your shoes are sticking and you, they like, get, it took forever to clean that thing up when I did that. It was a like long it was, time. That was, uh, it is. It did take a long time. And I was, I was irritated and frustrated and, just, rah, rah, and ready to bite anybody's head off if anybody crossed me. <laughs> and I did it all by well, myself. You take the humor out of the situation. I did. <laughs> I absolutely did. How about I, this? And the best part was I did it all by myself. I didn't need any help. Thank you. It's all me.
2: Do you say on that exposed skin, hey, let me get that syrup off of you? (laughs) Probably would.
0: (laughs) It probably wouldn't go over very well. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Because I booby-trapped the syrup in this story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you
2: take advantage of it. And you turn it into a positive, you know. You take negative situations and turn them into positives. Isn't that what we're taught? Life is. uh, Yeah, you know. Life's all
0: timing, but I probably ruined the timing there. If you if you're handed lemons, what are you supposed to do? Well, theoretically, make lemonade, but basically, wine, cry, and yell—some combination or all of the above.
2: But wouldn't it be better if you just immediately went into a positive? It's like, hey,
0: you know, I, I I've always said, don't cry over spilled syrup. So, did you do this, or is this one of your neighbors who did this? Did I? do? Why would you think it would be me? Well, you know, it's a possibility. It's not only a possibility,
2: it's a strong probability.
0: <laughs> In fact, it's exactly. You do bring <laughs> us a lot of stories from the neighborhood, though. You've got, a, you've got a circle of, I don't know, friends, friendly acquaintances, long-time neighbors, and so one of them might have done this. But, no, it turns out it was PK. You did that to Jackie? Come on. I felt so
2: bad. I mean, I did. I looked and I see from shoulder to shoulder a big line of syrup. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't help but smile. But then I realized, you better wipe that smile off your face.
0: Yep. You know, See, you and I would be in the same boat. <laughs> if you did initially find some humor in it, you would think quickly, uh, it's probably not that funny to them. I did find
2: a ton of humor. But one of the things that I've been able to do in my life is I'm a pretty good quick thinker. And so I can adapt real quick. And it's, it's, it's gotten myself in trouble a few times because I pop off. Uh, But a lot of times it's helped because I'm in the moment guy. Uh, But I immediately got up and I started rushing to every other area except her skin where I could clean it. Because I thought that's because of me because I didn't tighten the the cap on the thing. And I'm a freaking idiot for not doing that. And the only lecture I got is how come you don't tighten stuff. You don't do that. This has happened before with other things. Now, this was the most extreme, but you don't tighten stuff, and I just said, because I'm an idiot, and I thought I might as well just come up with the mea culpa there and just express my guilt and hope the court has some leniency, because there's really nothing that I could do to talk my way out of it. I was there. I did it. I was guilty. I couldn't, yeah, but. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything except just say, because I'm a fool, and I should have done that, and I should have uh, tightened that cap so that wouldn't have happened. And But I did say, how about you let me lick that off you? Well, our 15-year-old daughter was there, and I got a look from two people like that was the wrong thing to say at the moment.
0: Yes, I can see why you got that look. (laughs) Read
2: the room, dude. (laughs) But I was told later I couldn't even respond appropriately because she was there. (laughs) (laughs) So the moral of this little dilemma is to make sure that you tighten caps. Although I did think a little later on, uh, it's probably three years ago billy joel came into town in no i want to say november early december uh, and he did this concert obviously at the arena looking forward to concerts getting back whenever that may be at the arena and vivid smart home and we went out with another couple and we went to uh what's that place downtown is it it's not rock creek what's it called Red Rock. Red, Red Rock, Rock right? yes. Yeah, Red Rock, right. Yes. Yeah. I like that so, lasagna. Okay. And so we go there, and before the show, and so, I mean, there was 15,000 people at the concert, whatever, whatever they see for concerts, 16, 17, I don't know how they, what the capacity is, but it was packed. So consequently, the restaurant was packed. So we're sitting there, and we're eating. And my wife is talking. She makes a point with her hands, as we all do. Right hand hits the glass that has Diet Coke in it. Glass falls, goes all down my pants. So I attend the Billy Joel concert with soggy pants and Coke stained. But how about this? Being the magnanimous person that I am, I did not bring up that moment three years ago when she did, did that to me. I let that slide. Would you have brought that up and said, well, you, you did it to me three years ago?
3: No, that's a bad idea.
0: <laughs> that might need to be mentioned in passing down the road a little bit. Down the road? The syrup's been cleaned up, and, you know, everyone's in a little different mood.
2: Yeah, but she had just come back from working out. So she's in workout
0: clothes. So she was going to get cleaned up for the day anyway. Well, that's a bonus. whereas that's whereas a bonus. I had to go I, out like that. I mean I was all dooted up. I've done that with the lid on a uh, on a drink. It was a uh, uh, thing of uh, fruit juice, uh-huh. and again, you know, sticky sweet. You make know, huge, but I was lucky that when it fell, it fell. It was a bigger size thing, and it was pretty full. And so when it fell, the weight of it, it fell squarely, so it didn't tip over. But what it did was. It, it made the thing pop like a volcano was erupting. Uh-huh. So there was just this one of, uh, I don't know, eight, ten ounces, whatever it was. So uh, I was fortunate that that mess was a little more contained than apparently your syrup disaster. Uh, but yeah, the, the tightening of caps is critical. And then don't pick stuff up by the cap, because it might be booby-trapped by someone, you or whoever else. Let me throw
2: this at you. Since she gave me... A mini-lecture about not tightening stuff, she obviously was aware that I have a deficiency in tightening caps. (laughs) So should she have had some readiness and checked it herself? Or was it solely my fault?
0: Uh, Well, it was your fault, but I guess you've got a little bit of a point there that in the long run, especially after the syrup debacle, you know, apparently another in a long line of debacles, she might stop picking up stuff by the cap. Or might start routinely checking it. Yeah, it probably shouldn't have to, but realistically, she might just need to.
2: Right, an ounce of prevention, right? What do they say? Exactly. Yes,
0: there is a cliche like that. I can't. uh, Yak. What is that cliche? Versus a pound of uh, whatever. (laughs) We're all struggling. Yeah, we're all struggling with that cliche. I guess it's something about medicine, right? Probably.
2: Yeah. So this is the day-to-day stuff that goes on. In the the world we live. And I did laugh. But I'm grateful I did not have extended laugh. Because then it would have been really bad. And it was bad enough. And I felt awful. But I did. I chuckled to myself a little bit. And then went and immediately started to go into damage control. And ran, literally, ran over to the. Uh, sink area where we have some towels and started getting on the floor and mopping it up. Thinking that if I go into like clean mode and she sees me down on all fours cleaning stuff up, I will be spared to rod a little bit.
0: All right, PK, we had somebody just tweet into the station Twitter accounts. David Thomas at DB Tom says the proper response to the husband-wife pancake scenario right now. Husband, while picking up the shaken stir- syrup bottle, apologizes and proceeds the- to dump the remainder of the bottle's contents on his own head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Seems like a, a little bit of overkill, but okay. I don't well, think that would go over very well with my wife either. No. What was that? How does that diffuse the situation? I don't think it does. Uh, you suffer too, I guess, would be the theory. But my wife would be like, "So you made a big mess, and now you're making a bigger mess. That doesn't make any sense." Exactly the scenario <laughs> I envision happening with my wife.
2: Yeah, but you can clean that up, though.
0: Yeah, I think you probably self-corrected to the right course of action. You know, with the apology and that kind of thing. Because most kitchens don't have carpet, right? I wouldn't think so. That'd be messy. I mean, right. So
2: it's not getting some, some on anything of, that's going to cause a stain. Yeah.
0: Some type of tile or hardwood right. or something like right. that. Exactly. Exactly. Back, so it's it, going back in the day, Formica, but I think that's gone out of style. So you can you can clean that up
2: with some 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 rinse or what? Some what am I looking for? Some um,
0: spray stuff. Yeah. Eventually, It'd take a while to mop that goo up. Well, yeah, right. But you can do it. If it gets on the carpet, well, then that's a whole other area.
2: And then, of course, if it gets on the carpet, you're calling zero res.
0: Oh, there it is. (laughs) There it is. All right, DJ PK Riley's coming up in about uh, 20 minutes right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone
3: with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5
0: and 1280, The Zone. PK, I spent the last uh, break thinking about the start of the last segment. And how much you were trying to mess with me and how much you were serious about a quarterback battle at BYU.
2: I think that it's going to be a competition for sure, and I think that they have to have it that way because the other two guys have earned the right to compete for the job. Now, you can't have this competition go on very, very long. It can't be extended. You've got to get to a starter. This is such a crucial position. And I think that once you bring guys on, you want depth of that quarterback position, but then you realize that there's a likelihood of those Guys who create the depth, probably at least some of them, are going to leave your program. And then you just, it's a never ending cycle. You start it all over again. And they've got a kid coming in from down there in Chandler at that powerhouse football program, Conover, who's going to come in here, I think, after this season. Unless I don't know what happened with all these missions where kids had to come home. So I'm not sure maybe that has changed on that or if they're going to go back out and he's going to fish. I don't even know where he was going. But I was told originally that he was supposed to be home in December. So the point is that you just you don't worry about kids leaving because that's, that's going to happen, but you must have that competition. I, in my mind, I would like to see them go with Wilson because there's people that I trust and know at the high school and college level, and they really, really believe in his skill. And it's not so much what I think, it's what they think. And these people that I know they know a thousand times more than me and they've told me at the high school and college level about how good this kid is and how good this kid can become but you've got to win ball games and for them they didn't close ball games and obviously it wasn't all on Zach he, he, yeah. he made some uh, there were some issues in the bowl game there uh, some play calling there too that was a little bit uh, mind boggling but I think that if I'm going with someone, I I believe in him a little bit more than I believe in the others because of the folks that I spoke to, but that's not to say that these other kids can't come on and get that job and, and win, win you football games. I think it was Aaron Roderick said, uh, I, I want to say, I don't know what show, it was uh, we got two shows now, it was one of the other two where he said he's playing the best guy because if he doesn't, he gets fired and so and that's what it boils down to is uh whoever you think is the best opportunity for you to win games that's who you play uh, so wilson is he's he's got to come up big though you know he's teased us a little bit here. we've seen some real good stuff out of him, but there was some a couple of turnovers there in that bowl game that stand in my mind because that's the last game he played, obviously so but i think they're dealing from a position of strength which is always good you know they've got they've got some players there who can play uh, it's a, it's an intriguing situation here and i want to see how it plays out but i agree with you i don't i don't say he's certain but right now he's the guy that i would go with as we speak but there's opportunities there for these other two guys and they've earned that right it's not like you're giving them anything they've earned that right hall i'm not so sure about hall you know what do we what do we have in this young man he looks like he's a phenomenal athlete we know he's a baseball player we know his family uh great athletes the dad we we know all that stuff but we also know about the concussions man in the limited time that he's played so what are you going to do there you know i've had guys tell me uh in different sports coaches tell me you know, I want to invest in this young man, but he's injury prone. I don't know if this kid's injury prone, but you have to factor into that. You know, what do you do there? How does that factor into your line of thinking? You know, but the, but they but they faced that when they had the Mangum Hill thing, and Tanner or uh, Taysom had had the injuries, and they still went with Hill, and then he played just about all. this. when he, when did he get hurt? He got hurt at the end of the season, right? Correct. Yeah, broke yeah, his arm like
3: the final game of the year. Is
2: that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, and then Tanner came in, and and they won that bowl game down there in San Diego. Uh, And I had somebody at BYU talk to me about that. Do, Do we go with this kid? We think he's the guy in the short term, but he's injury prone. And how about the other guy? Now, it turned out Tanner ended up having some injuries that he had to deal with too, right, when he became the starter. So that was a problem. So I think that they go with Wilson, but I can't guarantee it by any stretch.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to everything you laid out right there. And I think the other thing that we need to do at BYU is I think we need to pay a lot of attention to the race for the backup. You know, and a lot of times that's a default because there are two quarterbacks, and so whoever doesn't win the job is the backup. Um, Or they're all, all the potential backups are so green that, boy, it's going to be a major drop off from the starting quarterback to the backup no matter what. BYU is a different situation. You know they got three guys who won games, and you can look at any of the individual stats in those games and think, well, that's pretty decent right there, especially for a couple of the guys who are really, you know, getting their first uh, first real test. You know, the first real chance. I mean, you can come into another game and you know throw three passes or something, but that's not a a real you know opportunity. Um, Romney's first big opportunity is Boise State, and he's 15 of 26 for 221 yards, two touchdowns. Zero picks, and they win the game. You know, and it's like, wow, that's that's pretty solid for playing. That was their best win of the season. Yeah, and and it's Boise State, in your first uh, first. Re- he played a little bit the week before against South Florida, but you're coming in late because the other quarterback's knocked out, and you're six of ten. You know, I mean, it's something, but it's not. That was you know Boise State. It's like, well, here's the deep end of the pool, and let's let's see how well you swim. Right, because Boise State had their crack to win that game. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> did did Hall win them games, though? Hull didn't get to play that much, back to your point right. about... He never finished the games he played in her start. Right. To, to get to your point about, you know, the injury-prone, how much can you, can you get out of him? Uh, the South Florida game, 15 of 23 for 148 yards, a touchdown... Uh, no picks now he had he'd played in three other games but seven passes in the three games combined that, that was his first real chance against South Florida and you're out there completing 2 thirds of your passes and you don't throw a pick and you lead, you throw a touchdown pass that's pretty good and against Utah State what did he play half the game yak was it the second quarter when he went out yeah he scored a touchdown he hit on that hit. touchdown run right? and he didn't look like he was injured he just walked off the field and they're like hey he has a concussion he was oh. 12 of 16 for 214 yards he was rolling, was awesome. he went out. Yeah. He was rolling. Yeah, it's real good. He was rolling. So He's it's a like player. you've got a sample size on all these guys. It's not much. It's two games here, it's three games there. And then they've really got the investment in Wilson. And I think right. that coaches are going to default to the guys they're invested to for a couple reasons. One, because they have spent this time on them, and they know quarterbacks. You know, There's a lot of stories about quarterbacks taking a while to pay off. And then the other thing is the reason they invested more in him is they believed more in him in the first place. You know, whatever it is that you see in practice, that you see in the meeting room, and you think this is the guy, well, for those reasons, you probably still think this is the guy.
2: Yeah, I think you so, believe in him for a lot of different reasons. Right. bull bowl gets sensational. Kid's got a lot of talent, man. He's a really good player, and he's got to put that talent together. He's got to stay healthy because he's had injury issues, and he's got to make the progression now into being a junior quarterback. You know, there's something to be said when you're a junior quarterback and you have some experience there the prior two years. Now, he's had injuries, so he didn't get the job until halfway through the freshman season and then had the injuries last year. So he's not like a full 24-game, 25-game, two-year starter. But nevertheless, he's been in the program now for a number of years. So he's got to have a big season. For them to be successful, obviously whoever plays quarterback – but I think he's got the edge right now. So, going into it, assuming he can stay healthy, which is an if, obviously, for everybody at the quarterback position, he's got to have a really good season. And if he stays healthy, I believe in this kid's talent. I believe he can have a really big season.
0: He's got 16 starts. And so, when you've got 16 starts and you've got two full seasons in front of you, you know, there are not a lot of college quarterbacks who get to start, you know, 25, 30, 35 games. And he's got a chance to do that. So. It's like you said, it's time for the big payoff on that 16-game investment. And, but we started to see it. I mean, it was, uh, you know, when, when they beat Tennessee and USC on consecutive weeks, and uh, he played well in both those games. You know, it's not like they went out there and won games 10-3. to three, You know, I mean, they, they weren't shootouts. It wasn't 45-42 either. Uh, but he played well, and they won those games. Uh, you know, you, you, could, you could feel it coming at that point. And that's what made Plus. the stuff that came after that such a disappointment.
2: Oh, yeah, no question. I agree with you 100%. I think also, too, from an entertainment standpoint, if I'm watching the game on television, I enjoy seeing his mother live and die by every single play.
0: We're a couple of cutaways of the parents there. There are a couple. <laughs> or 40. No, I don't and know. And an in-game interview uh, at one point. Oh, yeah? There was <laughs> yeah. one, yes.
2: I, obviously, I know who uh, Kalen Hall is because he played at BYU. Uh, but I don't know who Romney's parents are. But I sure know uh, Mrs. Wilson. I mean, I don't know her, but I know what she looks like because it seemed like the camera was on her a ton. It ten- reminds me of when Urban was coaching at Utah. It seemed like Shelley was on the camera a lot. Shelley cutaway cam.
0: Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk some college football with Riley next. Stay with us.